This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Literary Briefs. I love recording this part because I've had a lot of alcohol by this point, and it just makes it better. Okay, so I'm your host today, Erica Lance, and with me today is... J.M. Paquette. And as we all recall, she doesn't drink, so she's going to be the sober one during this one. And um, our guest today is the amazing, the intrepid, I say intrepid because he's doing a captain's log right now, Robbie Cox. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yes. At some point, I'm going to get Adam to do a whole track where I have cheering behind me when I do that. He probably won't put it in just so I sound like a weirdo when I'm cheering myself. But uh, (laughs) let's talk about what we're what Robbie, me and you are drinking today, because, Jen, nobody's interested in your boring water. Okay, so today I'm drinking Old Smoky Tennessee whiskey that is mango habanero flavored. I put that in coffee. I I don't know what that says about me. I'm going to call that a dirty hangover. Uh, <laughs> Robbie, what are you drinking? I am drinking Jameson on the Rock, something simple and and my go-to. Yes, super fancy, way fancier than me right now. <laughs> way more educated. Okay, so during the literary briefs episode, we talk about only underwear. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, we. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny to have an entire episode about underwear? That's no. Okay, so what we. That is true, American Pie. Um, So this episode is rapid-fire questions, which I'm getting so good at. So the first rapid-fire question, it goes to two rapid-fire questions, and I lose it, so Jen might have to step in. What is your favorite book of all time? The Sword of Shannara by Terry Brooks. Yay! (laughs) And you know what's funny? I I watched an interview with him, and apparently it's – he says it. He says it differently, Sh- Shannara. And I was like, oh my God, 20 years. Yeah. I've, been, I've been, in my head, it's the sort of Shannara. It's always going to be Shannara. Well, the first time I heard him say it, I was like, he can't even, he doesn't even know the name of his own book. What is he doing? Right? <laughs> <laughs> that is we actually guess. got to meet him. We actually got to meet him, and he actually sent me a video for my 50th birthday of him wishing me a happy birthday. So it was actually very cool. Oh, so is he, he's, he's good in real life? Oh, he's he's the best. He will he will spend hours with his fans. We met him in uh, Orlando or Altamont at a at a Barnes and Noble, and you could tell he was tired. He had just gotten in off a plane, but there were people lined up. He would sign whatever they wanted him to sign, and he took his time and and read and and in person. He's just a very personable, fantastic person. Back to our point about if you're an author, you need to be a fantastic, personable person around your fans. And Jen mm-hmm. is incredibly jealous of you right now, I can just say. <laughs> I and word to authors out there, if you put weird words on your book, your fans are going to make up how the hell they're pronounced, unless it's phonetic. Well, even with names, <laughs> like in, in the second book, there's I, I still in my brain, her name is Amberl. And then I had a friend who was like, uh, Jen, it's Amberly. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Same thing. Audiobook as long as I get through the book, whatever I want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. OK, second question. Least favorite book. Um. Wow. 
I've I've already forgotten it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Are there authors? I couldn't you just give you a title. I, I don't know. Um, there are, there's, there's one, he's a popular author and, um, and for same, same reason I talked about earlier, I loved his books in the beginning, but he became, um, he was an idiot online and I just stopped reading his book. I mean, he did something very rude online and I was like, you know what, forget it. And I didn't do it because of his books. I did it because as a person, I didn't care for him anymore. So... Yeah, if it's a book that I'm not going to read, I kind of forget about. It. I can't tell you the worst one because it just—I don't think I just forget them. You know, it's interesting you say that, but I think it's—it's it's good to stress again is that if you are going to be a famous person, if you're a published author, you put yourself squarely, even legally, in that you are a public figure. I know this yeah. because I've had to look that up for people writing newspaper articles and stuff like that. I go, well, they can pretty much say almost anything they want about me unless it's super derogatory I could sue them but otherwise I am considered a public figure I'm a published author I put myself out there and I think if you put yourself out there you need to remember that especially in today's day and age anything you do can have an impact on your um, existence as that artist meaning the whole tortured artist thing where you could be mean and crappy and stuff and I think that's true not only in writing but it's true in being almost any other artistic presence actors and stuff like there's time when you saw actors who are horrible to work with people would still hire them because they were horrible to work with and now you don't see them in movies people mm -hmm. have zero interest in dealing with that situation agreed Agreed. That's no. why so if you're going to if you're going to if your business is to po is to push books, your books, your writing, your stories, your worlds, stay out of politics, stay out of <laughs> all this other stuff, and focus on writing and books. Is you're going to alienate somebody sooner or later. Not saying you shouldn't take a stand for something when it's time to take a stand, but if that's all they – there are people, I, authors I stopped following because I never saw anything about their worlds. All I saw was their political views on Facebook or Twitter. It's like, I didn't follow you for this. Bye. You know, it's like – Well, that – you're an entertainer. Again, yes, you can have your views, but like one of the things I always say is don't discuss religion, don't discuss politics because – especially the really hot topics obviously i agree with you you can have a stand on things but be be careful because your voice carries more than the average person's voice does now yeah because yeah, more people listen to you definitely well i would hope more people listen to me sometimes i debate that it might be because <laughs> i drink a lot on podcasts so i don't know if people are listening to me serious people wear pants <laughs> You know what? I would like that judgment stricken from the record. <laughs> Period. I'm not that serious of a person then. That's all I can say. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know what? Your pants judgment, J.M. Paquette, is going to get you excommunicated <laughs> from the podcast. You already are not drunk with me. This is what's happening in my bedroom on my bed. <laughs> are you wearing pants? <laughs> no. No. Then shut it. I'm just <laughs> Okay. What is your rapid fire question, Jen? Um, who are you reading right now? Do you read one book at a time, multiple books? What's uh, on your multiple next books. Multiple books. I'm actually reading a book uh, I thought it was here on um, pirates. I, I read different nonfiction books. I'm reading one on pirates. I am reading the first of the Dresden Files by Jim Butcher. So good. And I am reading the 
I'm reading the uh, third in the Follow Shannara series by Terry Brooks. Wow. I can't do that. Jen does that too. I can't do multiple books at a time because I forget what I'm doing and then suddenly it doesn't make sense. I suppose that says a lot about me, but whatever. No judgments. Yeah. My, <laughs> mind, my mind is just scattered. So I work on several things at one time and I read several things at one time. So. I do too. I usually like I'll do one nonfiction and then a couple of fictions spread out. Mm -hmm. So okay. why pirates? Are you, are you leaning and writing in that direction or just curious? Say again. Why pirates this time? Are you going to write a pirate story or? Well, I'm thinking about bringing pirates in at some point. Uh, we had actually we just got Disney Plus, so I watched all all of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies back to back, and I was thinking, oh, that's just interesting. Let's do. And just on a drunken moment, bought a pirates book off Amazon and then started reading it. It's actually very good. I think it's called um, The Black Sails or something like that. I think. Yeah, oh, cool. I can't remember. I love yeah. drunken Amazon buying. Yeah, yeah. There's a. I want to do some <laughs> some stories in the future with uh, the children of uh, popular figures like the forefathers or the famous pirates and how they're doing things today in the paranormal world or something. So that's cool. Very cool. Do you have any pet peeves when you're reading? When you're as a reader, do you have any pet peeves that make you instantly shut a book down? Um, good question. Uh, uh, long windedness, I guess would be the thing. Um, if it's, and it's amazing cause actually I loved, um, Anne Rice, the Anne Rice books way back when, but she will take 20 pages to describe a tree. <laughs> and, uh, nowadays I just don't have the patience, I think for that. Um, whether it's my brain just working to overload or what, but, um, no, uh, other than just authors who like go back to craft, authors who don't take time to learn proper grammar and stuff. If it's got too many errors in it, uh, I'll put it to the side and I won't read it. So where are you on the Oxford comma? Oh, this is this is dangerous territory we're getting into here. Uh, just warning I, I, you. I believe in the Oxford comma. I believe in the Oxford comma. Yay! That was the correct answer to that question. Somehow, Jen, <laughs> even though she's not running this particular recording. Oh, by the way, um, people listening, <laughs> this is what happens when I drink. We're on Skype, so if there's any audio abnormalities, um, deal with it. That's where I'm at now. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you, so you mentioned Terry Goodkind uh, um, as one of the authors that you read, I believe, right? Is that correct? <laughs> I, I, I did read him, yes. Okay, yes. so I have to say, in the Sword of Truth series, it actually introduced me when I was younger to one of my favorite bad guys, which is the um, pedophile character in the first book, because he wrote that character with no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Like, you did not mm -hmm. feel bad he ended up being a bad guy or how he got there, and it wasn't he had a terrible life and all this other stuff. He was just a crappy-ass person. And I actually loved that, and it was I realized later it was part of the inspiration for some of my horror stories that I write because I think a lot of times people write bad guys so they have a redeeming quality and you want to feel bad for them or you, know, you can side with them somehow. And I love that that character to me, there was nothing you could side with. You were rooting for him to die. Right. What, yes. what, are, your, what are your thoughts on bad guys? Let's talk about bad guys. Hey, I agree. 
I agree. There, um, I have several that I think um, I don't want any. Bane Kastner in my uh, Alpha Rising and in Magic's Mate. He's a he's a he's the main bad guy in, in those two books, and he's just he's a dick. Um, and I kept him that way on purpose. Uh, I didn't. He he doesn't like humans. He hates humans. He wants them killed. He wants them out of there. And uh, I think you want. I want polar opposites in a lot of things. So uh, I want the good guy to have be weak and then get stronger. But the bad guy, I want to see him get worse and not better as the story progresses. Sometimes I think that is awesome because I think that you know, for me, I also like it when a character like. Um, ends up staying very broken or, you know, you, you talk about a hero getting stronger, but also I like it when it's kept realistic for the level of strength that that character could end up with. And also going through a lot of horrible experiences does not, you can come out the other side, but if you're only glowing and everything's perfect, you kind of go, did, did they really get those other experiences that they had? You know, mm-hmm. or are they slightly broken? And being able to write a heroic character that is slightly broken from the experiences they've had, but they're overcoming it to it's, save the day or whatever. It's the right. Harry Potter versus like Hunger Games. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Thank you. Because you know, but as much I as I hate. Go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You're the guest. I'm going to shut up. I- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is this is a lot of time where your beta readers come in really strong because I've had some look at me going, "This happened way too fast." It's like you know, chapters happened, and all of a sudden he's over this or he's past this, and he's now feeling this. It's, I'm not a a lot of paranormal romance. This took me a while to write. We're off the topic of bad guys, but sort of the same thing. A lot of paranormal romance is is very much instant love because of the mate mark and everything else. It took me a while to do that because I'm more of a slow burn type of of person where it takes the whole book for them to find half the book and then to the end of the book before they do anything. So I think with the bad guys, as well as the good guys, the heroes, if it, if suddenly he's, he's a wimp here and then chapter three, he's already kicking all the bad guys ass. Then you've rushed, you, you've lost a lot of stuff along the way. No, so where I, you, go ahead. Where are you on happy endings? And not the kind of happy endings that you instantly think of. Cause we know where you're at on that. <laughs> This is a a very true story here. My first book, Reaping the Harvest, my youngest son read it, and I got a text from him one day, and it said one word, asshole. (laughs) Oh. And I said, you want to ever come back into this house again, you better explain that real quick. And it was because the ending of the the book. The book did not end the way everybody thought it was going to end. It was not a happy ever after. Uh, ending now book two redeems that but if you stop at book one you're never going to know the rest but book book one ended with people crying because of the way it ended um and it, it was just the way that at the time that's the way it had to be written i didn't even plan on it it just happened but um i think happy endings depend on the genre i think uh paranormal romance i think they all have to have happy endings because just just the way the trope is right now with everything else, or at least happy for now ending and stuff like mm-hmm. that. till people come along. But, uh, I think there also needs to be a balance between emotional angst that makes people weep and stuff. Uh, and, um, and to get some happy ending. 
because if it's all happy giddy, then I, I want to put the, I want to put my readers through an, an emotional roller coaster on most of my books, mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. So, Jen likes happy endings in books. That's Jen's favorite thing. <laughs> Tell them what you do with every book, Jen. I read the last page of every book to make sure that all the characters' names are still there. Because I love Ari Salvatore in my soul, but he mm-hmm. I read that book and El Brian fell off a roof and I was so angry. It took me a long time to read Ari Salvatore again. And I love him. I've met him. He's so nice. Driss Stewarden is my favorite character of all time. But that was such like a punk ending for the main mm-hmm. character. And I know it goes on and it's like not his story, whatever. But yeah, I have strong feelings <laughs> about happily. Uh, I read fiction because fantasy escapist fiction because I want things to work out. Mm-hmm. Can't do that to me. So uh, that's a fun part of Jed. Just FYI. <laughs> several people who do the same thing. I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, you won't be happy with reaping the harvest at the end. <laughs> okay. Uh, but you'll be happy when you pick up book two if you read through. Um, but it's good. Um, I have a question. Are you, because uh, you do series books, which is awesome. Do you, are you pretty good at the Empire Strikes Back endings of the series books? That's what I like to call them. The cliffhangers? Yes. Um. I like to leave things. I will. I will. Solve the each book could be read as a as an individual book, but I like to weave things through the book that don't get answered and picks up in the next book. But you don't end frustrated with the book, like um, the Warrior's Blade. Uh, one of the characters was stabbed and is a hospital, but then we get to the final battle and it ends, and we never go back to the character that's in the hospital. But nobody is upset because what the hell happened to the character in the hospital? But we pick up in the fourth book, and that's her story for most of the story after that. So um, I like leaving people with a – I haven't done any real cliffhangers. I just have left questions unanswered until the next book. So you leave, leave a little sense. morsel, a little morsel to follow. Right, right. See, that like I never can, yeah. get to <clears throat> Yeah. Jen is not a fan of ending her books on Empire Strikes Back, but she needed to for one of them, and I forced her to do it. So it she's still right she's, ending. It just she's bitter about it. I <laughs> Get Jen noticed. <laughs> okay, well, I guarantee Jen. you're going to get the next book. That's all. <laughs> okay, Jen, what's your next rapid fire question? Um. Oh, see, I was thinking about happy endings, and now I don't have one. Well, that's a whole... That's sad. <laughs> brown chicken, brown cow. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> so do you, um, when you're writing your sex scenes, one of the things, and I think this is true also in writing fighting sequences or anything where there's a lot of action occurring with multiple people, do you have to do an arms and legs and tails and stuff check to make sure that you don't have too many of those in the that the humans don't have <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll never touch uh, our daughter's Barbie dolls again. She caught me. It was bad. Um, <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> um, the, uh, and just joking. Yeah, I actually do read through it several times. And I count as I'm going, what, who's doing, what, what did they do last? And, uh, hopefully if I mess it up, the beta readers catch it. 
but uh, same thing. And, and with the fight scenes, it's like you're picturing everything in your head or you're standing up going, okay, how do you do this? Or watch videos. A lot of times with the paranormal, I'll watch animal videos to describe what's happening and stuff like that in better detail than what my mind can picture. So, yeah, right. I do a lot of so, counts. So as an author, like, what would you say is your strength in terms of writing? What do you write really well? Um, I write... I, I think I'm really I'm better at description, if that's what you mean, as opposed to dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love writing um, the inner turmoil of a person, and um, I love writing. This is funny, but I love writing side characters sometimes more than I love writing the main characters <laughs> because they're not really uh, they're not a main part of the story. So you're not trying to get people to really fall in love with them or anything else, but they're just this like um, in. Um, Roll the dice. I have uh, Jackie Karsten's father, um, Bert, is in a wheelchair, and he's just a crotchety, cranky, bitter old man because he can't do what he's used to doing since the accident and everything else. And I'm able to allow him just to be the cranky old man that he is and be rude and obnoxious and say things that we wish we could say sometimes. And, um, and he was just fun to write. Um, so I think I'm really good at the side characters and description. And I think people can fall in love with the side characters. Me and Jen have talked about that a lot, that there are several series that we like that maybe we don't enjoy the main character as much as we enjoy the side characters that the person has put in there. Because I think sometimes authors will almost spend more time putting really cool attributes, look, I said a big word, to uh, <laughs> the side characters than their, um, their, the main counterpart, you know? And then we want mm-hmm. those people to have their own book series. Yes, and they don't. So. Well, it's like the Big Bang Theory to me. I don't think Sheldon Cooper was supposed to be a main character. He was just a quirky side character, but he took over the whole series. So, yeah. Oh, well, it's because everybody operates. I love the Big Bang Theory. It's funny. My dad introduced me to that show, and he's like, this is really cool. And then he bought me the first season, I remember, on DVD, and I was up visiting him. And he's like, let's watch it. And I'm looking at the show, and I'm like, I know these people. I had a friend um, when I was in high school, and we would go to the movie theaters, and there was only one theater he would sit in in the movie theaters. There were six of them, and he had to sit in one spot because he complained about how the sound worked. So Mm -hmm. it was always this massive production for him to be invited, and of course, when we were younger, we're like, let's just invite everybody. He played Dungeons and Dragons with us, too. I don't even want to get into that topic. But (laughs) there was a point in time we stopped telling him that we were going to the movies because it was like this entire thing about going to the movies. And I'm sitting there watching the first season going, oh, my God, I know all these people. Like, (laughs) surely these are my friends growing up. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. I had a question, and I lost my question. I have a question. What what are you binge-watching right now? Since you're on quarantine and home with a house full. Uh, we're actually going through a bunch of movies right now. Uh, old movies and stuff like that. Although our daughter has made us watch Frozen 2 two or three times. Um, <laughs> uh, I am wa- I am binge watching Once Upon a Time and uh, oh. Magicians. Magicians so good. Did Once you read the book time. for the Magicians? No, I did not. Don't. No, I did not. And I <laughs> don't. I'm so sorry. That just came out of me. Uh, You're not even drinking, yeah. Dan. What the hell? 
I'm sorry. Whoever the author is of that book, we love you. And you can be on our podcast. Ignore the co-host. See, here's my problem. I, I watched the show first, and then I read the book. And the book is a bunch of really whiny 20-year-olds. And all they do is get drunk. And then in the show, like, there is that aspect, but there's so much more depth to them. And I'm very glad because he created the world and he created the characters. But reading the book after is, is I don't know. Yeah. Frustrating. Uh, oh, let's talk about books to movies. What is your favorite book to movie or big book to TV show? Oh, uh, I actually enjoyed the uh, Elstones of Shannara, and uh, I actually enjoyed the Sword of the Truth series that mm-hmm. came out, although it didn't last long. Neither one of those lasted long, really. But uh, I thought they did. A, I love how he did a whole new take on the Elstones compared mm-hmm. to the book that you weren't disappointed in the book or the show because they were two totally different things and not the same storyline really a mm-hmm. foundation excuse me but a lot of difference in the storyline has anybody asked to option your books yet no we haven't even looked into that yet although i would love to see reaping the harvest become a story or something would you want to write it or would you trust somebody else to write the screenplay or series because mm. you usually get about the first season. So Yeah. I would love to be as involved in it as I could be. I would love to be handwriting it and, and having a say in everything. I'm too much of a control freak, control freak, which is why I'm a indie author and not a traditionally published author. No, it makes sense. I think that that's, it's interesting because I've talked to some producers in Hollywood and, um, and I don't say, oh, my God, producer. But I've talked to a lot of producers and actually directors, and it's very interesting because their view is they love it when writers like us, writers that do world building, actually do screenplays and stuff like that. Because a lot of people that are just screenplay authors don't get the world building part. They only see like this tiny little snapshot of the universe, and they try to write that, and they forget all the other stuff. And you can really see that in some of the movies where you see that you can – that they haven't quite thought that out all the way or that when they try to carry on a series, so many things have to change because they only thought about the first eight or 10 episodes and not right. what would be beyond that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't think long-term or anything else. Just, just get it on. Then we'll worry about it later. And that's never good. No, no. Those are the series that you definitely don't end up watching anyway. Um, okay. So I think you should start working on the script for your book. Just saying. <laughs> Throwing that out there. Yeah, you got plenty of time right now. So. Yeah, I was going to say it. Actually, your world hasn't changed very much with the, uh, besides probably events. You're probably having to do a lot less going out and meeting the public and stuff like that, right? Yeah, we uh, we've we've stocked up for a couple of weeks in grocery, so we don't have to leave. And then um, uh, I'm I'm used to being here all the time anyway. So the only the only difference is that the house is full of people. But um, we've actually been sitting out in the front yard at night. The neighbors have come out and sit in their front yards at night, so everybody's able to talk and and socialize in the safety of their own yards and stuff. So it's it's been a as a friend of mine down the street said, it's been a time where the whole country, if when they're not panicking. Can, if they pay attention, could just slow down and breathe. You're not rushing 500 miles an hour to get someplace or fighting traffic or anything else. And we're seeing in our neighborhood more people are walking, more people are bike riding, more people are um, just standing around in their chairs and relaxing because they're not allowed to do anything else. And 
I think what you said is true. I know this is uh, focusing on you as the author and stuff, but I think that we're going to see a very, I hope to see a little bit of a social change at least come out of having to go through this pandemic that we're all going through, because I think it does make you have to take time and, and just kind of be somewhere comfortably for a little bit because it's there and, and finding those things again that you never had time for. I really hope a lot of people that are, um, have art in their blood, whether it's painting, sculpting, there's, I could list a million things, actually start taking a little bit of time to do that for themselves. Because I think in general, art can be the first thing that people put aside in, in the choice of life to do other things. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. That is my poetic ending to this particular episode. Oh. <laughs> but um, how do we find you, Robbie, uh, other than stocking your house, which people do not do that. But <laughs> other if, than that, you, how do we find you? If you, you can go to my website, RobbieCox.net, and you can find me on all the uh, social media sites on there. All my links are right there, newsletter sign up and everything else. So RobbieCox.net, and you can find me everywhere else. Wonderful. It has been amazing, thoroughly amazing having you on here. Thank you so much. Um, I've enjoyed it very much. It's been a great time. Thank you. And I can't wait to meet you in person when we're allowed to do that. I'll have to come out. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I'm sorry to love Schraber because I'm sure he's wonderful. (laughs) Jen, I swear if you have authors that won't come on this podcast, because if you, I know, what am I talking about? I blast authors all the time. We know that. We know that. Okay. So this has been Drinking with Authors Literary Briefs. I'm your host, Erica Lance. J.M. Paquette. Did you forget your <laughs> and our guest has been Robbie Cox. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>